Greetings and welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Podcast episodes are available on VHHA.com and on popular podcast hosting apps, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. Podcast episodes also air each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, 107.7 FM, and 820 AM across Central Virginia, and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 FM in Richmond. We're also members of the Virginia Audio Collective and the Family Podcast Network. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please send them to PCF podcast at vhha.com again that's pcf podcast at vhha.com and with that housekeeping out of the way on today's episode we're pleased to be joined by dr clifford deal a breast and general surgeon with henrico doctors hospital for a conversation about his medical and military career and more but first welcome to the program sir thank you very much happy to be here well, we appreciate you being with us. Let's start by talking about your military service and medical career and the overlap between the two. As I understand, you attended undergraduate and medical school in Virginia and had a decorated 28-year career in the U.S. Army, including time on active duty with the 82nd Airborne Division, which specializes in parachute missions as a medical platoon leader in the Airborne Infantry Battalion, as well as service in the National Guard and the Reserves. I know you've cited HCA Healthcare as being accommodating during deployments to fulfill your military commitments. So if you would, tell us a bit about balancing those two professional obligations during your military career? So uh, there are you know, a couple of different perspectives. Mine is common, I think, to most people, most physicians who are serving as a reservist. And that is, uh, like, for example, one of my partners, uh, Dr. Cliff Smith, was on active duty in the Navy full time before he, he retired from the service and joined us. But my perspective is that I went to civilian medical school, uh, surgery residency training, and just and stayed in the reserves. And after 9-11, there were much stronger need for medical support that did not exist in the active force, particularly that uh, need was in surgical services and, and especially trauma. And so uh, they, we began to participate, and there were uh, different uh, iterations of uh, how we do this. And I'll go back, a, a, you know, almost 30 years to the first Gulf War, where we a lot of physicians were mobilized because we thought it was going to be a long, terrible conflict against Iraq, and that conflict it was not. But that was really disruptive professionally, and as it turns out, the Army services in general had overestimated the need. So for this conflict, mostly in the Army anyway, we deployed for about 90 days. And, and that whole process, we were gone out of practice for was about four months. And that, that was manageable to keep the rest of your practice and partners and call schedules. That, that could be accommodated with our system much better than being gone, for example, for a year. One thing I just want to mention, you know, that's really been really important in my professional life is the fact that I work with HCA. There are lots of opportunities for practice, and I think that the HCA economically and, and emotionally supporting our opportunity to serve has really just made a huge difference in my professional life. And the fact that I've been able to go and, and do a, some, some quality, meaningful work at another place and come back to my, to my job to keep my health insurance, you know, to have family support really has just made a, a really big difference. And I, and I think when I look back at my 20 year career and see so many physicians suffering from burnout, it, it has been those opportunities. It's not a sabbatical, but those opportunities to have other practice venues that are meaningful and come back have given me a longevity, I think, that has been really special. And this is the only practice I've ever been in, you know, where HCA has been a very supportive uh, military uh, service, and I'm grateful for that. 
Well, I appreciate you sharing that perspective. It's always fascinating to me. I have a friend who had a similar career trajectory. He went to med school, also an undergrad, also in Virginia, and then went on to be a physician in the Navy before concluding his service and going into private practice. So uh, thank you for sharing that. I mentioned parachuting a moment ago uh, in reference to the 82nd Airborne Division. A recent guest on this podcast is a young woman from Hampton Roads named Jordan Hatmaker, who miraculously survived a parachute accident when her chute malfunctioned about 4,000 feet above the ground. She crash-landed and not only survived, but also after months of hospitalization and physical therapy, she's regained her mobility. Now, I hope you've never experienced anything like that, but it does compel me to ask you whether you have parachute experience from your time with the 82nd, and if so, did you find it exhilarating or intimidating? Uh, well, I, I would say uh, yes. I have 30 some odd jumps that we did over the course of four years. Jumps in the 82nd are static line jumps, and that means that as you jump out of the helicopter or uh, the aircraft, that you're physically attached, and then that and it's that movement out and drop actually deploys the parachute. And the highest that we jump, because we're we're doing low level combat jumps or training jumps uh, is really about 800 feet. So you're, you're not that high up. And, and if you have a problem, there's not much time to address that. So I'm a little bit scared of heights as it turns out. So <laughs> I was like a, little, a little nervous to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. But on the other hand, it was really exciting. In fact, one of the opportunities I had in the 82nd was to go to jump master school, which I graduated from at that level. And that makes you in, in charge of the aircraft and jumpers and safety. And that was a really, it was a great experience. Would you or have you um, ever done skydiving as a civilian? Uh, I would. I, I have not. I, my weight's a little higher. I might need a cargo parachute. Uh, <laughs> 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 Happen, happens to the best of us. I'm, I'm fighting the middle-aged uh, bulge as well. There's the freshman 15, and then we need to figure out some term for the middle-aged uh, weight gain. Absolutely. Do you wish you could focus on practicing medicine without all the distractions? Covaris is here to help. As a leader in medical professional liability insurance with more than 45 years experience, Covaris provides insurance protection with data-driven predictive modeling to help you mitigate the risk of claims. By combining insurance protection with risk analytic services, you can reduce distractions and focus on improving clinical, operational, and financial outcomes. Covaris is reinventing what you should expect from your medical professional liability provider. Find out all Covaris can offer you at Covaris.com. That's C-O-V-E-R-Y-S.com. Insurance products issued by Medical Professional Mutual Insurance Company and its insurance subsidiaries, Boston, Massachusetts. I've seen some comments attributed to you, Dr. Deal, indicating that your experience in the military from both a leadership and clinical perspective have been contributors to your work as a private sector physician. I believe you've cited experience you gained in reconstructive surgery in the military as being applicable to your hospital-based surgical work. I wonder if you could elaborate on that a little bit. So I was in 2009, I think, I was sent to Madigan Army Hospital, which is the premier tertiary care center for the Army out on the West Coast. And I was integrated as a part of the faculty there. And I, I had, it was a great experience. Um, but when, while I was there, you know, I had the opportunity to learn some advanced reconstructive techniques that, that were not widely available. Um, and it's since I integrated those in my practice. In fact, people come to see me from all over Central Virginia for this. And uh, so it was a, an unexpected practice growth opportunity to serve in that role and learn how to do some of those things. 
And you just mentioned your practice, which is a good segue to the next question. We mentioned at the top of the program that you're a breast and general surgeon with Henrico Doctors Hospital. I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit more about the types of surgical procedures that you perform and the kinds of patients you work with. So that's uh, really evolved over time as I've you know, gained more experience. My practice has migrated to mostly breast cancer. I still do some general surgery, and in fact, one of these reconstructive, you know, techniques is for, you know, oddly enough, pyelonidal cysts. But you know, that that little grouping is, and this the treatment for this is really a multi-specialty kind of area, and so it's an overlap of general surgery, colorectal surgery, and plastic surgery. Hence, not a lot of people get really good formal training or interest in it. But most of my practice is breast cancer. And I've dedicated the past president of the Virginia Breast Cancer Foundation, and I really dedicated my professional life to care of uh, from some men, but primarily women uh, with breast cancer. Dr. Deal, I imagine you are aware that the Virginia Department of Veterans Services operates a program that's called the Military Medics and Corpsmen Program. The goal of this program is to place veterans with medical experience who are transitioning to civilian life into healthcare career pathways while they work to obtain civilian credentials to continue their medical careers. HCA is one of several Virginia health systems that partners with this program. As you know, many hospitals continue to deal with workforce and staffing challenges in the post-pandemic world. Thinking about your own journey, what thoughts might you have about the ways in which private sector healthcare providers can perhaps strengthen pathways for veterans to get into healthcare for their civilian careers? It's funny that you uh, mentioned that, uh, Julian, because I'm, I'm particularly proud of, of that. I was actually at the bill signing when, and I can't remember what it was, Governor McAuliffe or Northam signed and said, you know, to make that transition with those particular unique medical skills easier to apply in the civilian sector. And I, I would say the first thing is just communication about the opportunities that are out there. We, we would love certainly to have that skill, skill set in Virginia. Virginia actually has a large uh, military base. And whether it's, you know, after a completed, you know, 20 years of retirement or an, or an initial tour, we would love to have those skill sets certainly in our facility as well. Well, interesting to hear that you were at the bill signing. I think that was like 2013, 2014, somewhere in that range. And I believe it was Governor McAuliffe at the time. But that is... Uh, yeah, it was, it was in Norfolk. Yeah, I, re- I do remember that. Well, I appreciate uh, you sharing that. Before we let you go, uh, Dr. Deal, it's a tradition here on the podcast to ask our guests a few personal questions to give our listeners a bit of a sense of who they are beyond the work they do. To keep things interesting, we had developed a list of 10 mystery questions, and we're going to let you pick two of those questions. If you give us two numbers between 1 and 10... I will ask you the corresponding questions, so please choose when you're ready. Okay, five and eight. Okay, five and eight. Number five is, if you could spend the day with one person from history, living or otherwise, who would it be and why? Uh, George Washington. And tell me why. Yeah, the reason, you know, I think he's an amazing uh, person. I really, one of the only people who, they when at the time the country wanted to have a Caesar uh, when he when he turned that down, who in modern the modern era would walk away uh, fr- from that? And but really, to, to see and talk to him about the the journey from building the country from its infancy to managing men uh, under incredibly austere conditions that we in the modern world can really uh, even scarcely imagine. With, with those, just I, I think it would be a really uh, an amazing uh, opportunity to hear him talk. 
Well, my boss here at VHHA, Sean Connaughton, is a uh, huge Washington fan. He's actually uh, on the Mount Vernon board, uh, so uh, I will I will share that with him because he'll d- be delighted to to hear you say that. And then you chose number eight. Number eight is tell me one memory from your life that whenever you think of it, it makes you smile. You know, pro- probably I'm going to go back to my military service, and that's the first jump I ever did from an airplane. I was at the Fort Benning, Georgia jump school at, in my June, between my junior and senior year at Washington and Lee. And I, I remember it like it was yesterday. And, uh, I, and I, I was so scared and, and yet so, so happy that, that I did it. Um, and that sense of accomplishment I look back on for sure. It makes me smile. Well, I want to thank you for uh, sharing some time with us this morning, and especially now we're recording this uh, right at the end of June, the beginning of July, uh, and so heading into the July 4th holiday. So I want to thank you for your military service and for your ongoing work with uh, breast cancer patients, as you mentioned. With that, that's going to bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so that you know when new episodes are available. And we want to once again thank our guest, Dr. Clifford Deal, a surgeon with HCA Virginia, for joining us today. So thank you so much, sir. Julian, thank you very much. It's been a great day.